is glorious Christmas Sunday, right? So I'm so happy to worship together uh, with you guys. And Pastor Eugene is going to share the message today. So let us welcome uh, Pastor Eugene. All right, so, yeah, just a little background information on this passage. Just, um, just this past semester, sorry. Yeah, so this past semester I had to take a, a preaching class. And um, it was a lot different because it was all online. And so everything that I did was through Zoom meeting or WebEx meeting. And it was really difficult at first to kind of try to get like authentic feel, I guess. And the first couple times I did it, it, was, it wasn't too bad, but I think the, the brutal part was sitting at the end and listening to everybody else's feed, feedback. So it's not so bad doing it at first, but just sitting there and listening to the feedback is kind of, um, kind of makes you squirm in your seat. And a lot of times what I would do is because I know it would be recorded, initially I would just silence everything. And as everybody else was giving feedback, I would just nod my head and smile, acting like I heard everything, right? And then I would go back by myself and then listen to everything that they said. And I think it, it helped me in a sense, but there was also the lack of, um, I guess, actually sitting there and actually listening to it live. I guess you missed that part. But what I was trying to get at is, I think preaching online and preaching through this, through this way of doing online and web, um, streaming, it's, it takes away some, some aspects of being in the church and listening to, to a sermon. But it's also a blessing that we're able to even, you know, listen to the Word of God on Sunday through these streaming sites and, and just this technology because some churches don't even have the ability to do so. So I think we're really blessed, and also one thing I one thing that I noticed during those preaching classes was really how how different everybody is, because and how yeah how different everybody is how differently um, different their abilities are as well because sometimes I would be listening to them and I'd be like, did we really just listen to the same passage? Like, how'd you get that? And I was legitimately shocked a lot of times just sitting there. And yeah, and a lot of the times I don't really have a problem speaking to the church and stuff like that, but doing, doing sermons through online, I noticed that my voice was like extremely shaky and I was like really, really nervous. And I was like, oh, wow. And I got the sensation like it was like the first time I spoke and it was really, it was really bad. And I think it's because as... I also, I also think it's because that I'm speaking amongst my peers, and that also has something to do with it. But yeah, let me get back to what I was saying. I actually got this passage as something to speak on for uh, one of my one of the, one of my class sermons that I had to do. And so, I know it's not a Christmas sermon. I know it's not about Jesus and all, but I think this sermon is uh, really practical for uh, for what we're going through today as a community, and as, I guess, what the whole world is going through as well. So let me read this passage, and it's Exodus 33, 12 through 23. And it said, Moses said to the people 
you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this is your nation, this is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and, and, and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing I have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name the Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me, and you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and, and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will not see my back, but my face must not be. Then you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. This is the word of the Lord. So, yeah, this, this passage starts out in a very interesting or a very precarious situation for Moses. Moses is here kind of uh, having to barter with God because God is feeling really betrayed at this moment. you got to kind of uh, read the beginning, the, pre- the previous chapters to really get what's really going on here. But basically imagine your father or your mother and... Um, you're a single parent, and you raise this child, you do everything for them, and you send them to school, you, um, you buy them everything they need, and you basically raise them to the best of your abilities. And then one day they, they say they want to go find their biological, uh, biological um, mother or father and go live with them. That's kind, of, that's kind of like what God just went through because God had just delivered you know, the Israelites out of, uh, out of Egypt, then all these miracles shown, shown how powerful he really is and how much he loved his people. But, you know, the people, just being foolish, decided to um, melt all their gold and make a golden calf and said, this is what, you know, saved us. This is, this is God, and this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And r- the real God, or Yahweh, was really angry. He's like, nah, dude, this is, this is not okay. I specifically said in one of the laws that like, you cannot, you know, make a... A graven image of you cannot make a graven image a graven image of me, and God was feeling really betrayed, and He was telling Moses, you know, what my plan is. What my plan is is that I'm going to destroy the people, and then I'll start a new I'll start a new nation with you. And this is kind of uh, where Moses is at right now. Moses Moses had Moses had um, convinced God not to destroy the people, but. God had also made some stipulations about um, helping him, you know, reclaim the land. And this is, uh, we, find, we find Moses here talking to God about this. And so, you know, Moses, you can see Moses kind of bartering with God. And I think a lot of us in our, in our walk with God, even, even during these times, we might, you know, have a tendency to barter with God. You know, some of us might be struggling financially or... You know, God forbid, some of us might know someone who's suffering from COVID or something like that. 
You might be like, God, you know, if you can get us out of this situation, you know, I promise. For example, um, I'll come out to church more. I mean, you can't really come out to church more, so let me give a better example. <laughs> um, um, I promise I'll give more in offerings, or um, I'll commit more to God, or I'll commit more, I'll commit more time to you, Lord. And you say stuff like that, thinking, you know, like, if I could, you know, barter with God, God's going to listen to me, and God's going to um, do good things for me, because I'm going to barter with him. He's, hopefully, he's going he's gonna to take my barter. But... You know, God doesn't really work like that. And there's nothing that we can do that God's going to take and think better of us. No matter how much, how much money we give, no matter how many times we read the Bible, you know, no matter, no, it sucks to say, but no matter how good of a person you are, it doesn't matter because God's not going to love you more because of it. Because God loves us the same no matter what. As we are, as sinners, as as good people, it doesn't really matter. God loves us as, as we are, and he's not going to love us more. But we see here that Moses is um, really trying to, trying to uh, bargain with God, and he, he's trying to get God to change his mind. And a lot of the times we, we have this, like, um, I don't know, this, we have this idea that God is, God is uh, never, never changing or never, or never changes his mind. Once God is set, you know, there's nothing that we can do that is going to change God's mind. But we see in this passage right here, we see that Moses is trying to change, you know, God's mind. He's like, he's telling him, you know, you said you're going to send this person, but, you know, you didn't tell me who it is. So tell me who it is. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on, Lord. So you, to, you say, if, if you are pleased with me. He says, if. He's really trying to bargain with God. He's saying, God, you know, you said if, I, if you are pleased with me, tell me what's going on. And one of the things that God had said was that originally he was going to follow the people into the land. But when the people made this golden calf, he, he changed his mind and he said he's going to send, send an angel in his place. And Moses was like, no way, that's, that's, not, that's not what the original plan was. And we want to stick to the original plan. So we see Moses really trying to barter with God here for him to, to stick to this original plan of his. And then he says, he says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this is your people. So even though we can change God's, you know, possibly change God's mind, as this, as this passage says, one thing that God can never change is his characteristics. And we know that God is um, someone who keeps his promises. And Moses was appealing to that exact thing because Moses, Moses knows the history of the Israelites. And he knows that God had made this promise to, um, to Abraham, to Sarah, to... Um, to Isaac, to all the patriarchs and all the matriarchs of Israel, he made a promise that they were gonna, he was going to use their descendants to create this nation. And if he, if he destroyed this people and started anew with uh, Moses, that means he would have been breaking all the promises that he had made before. And Moses knew that God doesn't break promises. So, God, so Moses was also appealing to this uh, facet of uh, God as uh, one who keeps his promises. So 
the Lord eventually, he relents. He does change his mind. He says, okay, fine. I won't, I won't send this angel with, me, with you instead, but I will go with you. And the Lord says in verse, uh, verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So he's saying, I will go with you. I'll send my presence with you. So don't, you know, don't, don't trip out, you know, stop stressing out because, you know, I will keep my word. I will, I will go with you. The angel will not go with you. And I will continue to, um, you know, use your people. I mean, use the people as the, as the promise that I made to Abraham and Jacob. But Moses is uh, very adamant. He says, you know, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. Because how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else, was, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So Moses was saying, you know, if you're not going to go with us, it's better, it's better that you don't even come. It's better that you don't even send us. Because if you send an angel with us, that's, that's totally different from you actually coming with us. And that's what separated um, that's what separate, separated the Israelites from the other people of um, the Canaan region, is that they can claim that God was with them. The, the, the other Canaanites and their religion, God was, their God was never actually physically with them. But, you know, we know throughout in the early chapters of Exodus, you saw that God was physically with the Israelites going through the, going through the wilderness. So that's what was setting them apart. So Moses was like, Moses was saying, if you're not coming with us, there's nothing special about us. We basically just become like, you know, any other people of the Canaanites or the other people of Canaan. Um, their God isn't with them, and if you're not coming with us, it's just better that we don't go at all because really there's nothing that separates us from them. So, so Moses recognized how important God's, God actually being, them, being with them physically meant for them and the people. He knew that God being with them also meant that other nations would be um, afraid to attack them. He knows that God being with them um, is a blessing for the people. And he knows that if God is with them, that he really doesn't have anything to worry about. Because, you know, God, the God who supplies everything, the God who, who did all these miracles just to bring them out of Egypt is, is with them physically. But, you know, the Lord says to Moses, you know, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and know you by name. He says right there, I know you by name. And I think if we take that into, um, you know, our context today, it's, it's, really, it's really great to know that God knows each one of us by name. And if, if, no, if Moses was... Um, found favor in God because, you know, it says God knew Moses by name. We have all, we, we can all say we've claimed favor in God's, God's you know, eyes because he knows us by name. And just as Moses was able to intercede for his people to change, um, to change God's mind from um, sending an angel and potentially starting new, um, new people with Moses, we have the ability to intercede for for, I guess, our people too, the church, um, THMC, um, Christians all around the world, people in general all around the world, we have the ability to intercede for them. And I think if we take Moses' example, intercede like Moses does, I think this is something that we can really take from this, um, this reading of the scripture and really apply to our lives as well. 
And, this, and it says, and then we see that, you know, Moses is kind of feeling good about himself. He, you know, he, he changed God's mind. He changed God's mind about um, destroying the people. He changed God's mind about sending an angel in place. So he's feeling really good about himself. So I think he tried to take things a little far, and he said, God, you know, show me your face. And God was like, you know, I will show you my goodness. I will let it pass in front of you, but I cannot show you my face because, you know, basically you're going to die if you see my face. But what's funny is, What's funny is, I have this passage right here. In Exodus 33:11, it says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses returned to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So the previous, previous um, chapter says he spoke to him face to face, which is kind of contradicting what this passage is talking about. But... I think it's not meant to be literal. I don't think it literally means face-to-face, but I think it was talking about maybe the closeness of their type of um, communication that they had. It wasn't literally face-to-face, but the, um, the closest of the way they communicated was like they were talking face-to-face. So yeah, straightening that, straightening that up. But um, yeah, God was telling Moses, you know, don't, just because I changed my mind doesn't mean you're gonna you know, be able to see me. Like, don't get, don't get too high on yourself. And God was uh, reminding him of who he was. And he says, basically, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. We don't know who, who, who he will have mercy on. We don't know who he will have compassion on. And I think he was alluding to the fact that, you know, you just don't know. You cannot claim to know me. You cannot claim to... Um, you cannot claim to know, in reality, the greatness of God. We cannot claim to know with our um, mortal minds of how God, how God acts or how uh, divinity acts. We really don't know. And I think God is uh, really highlighting that fact to Moses. But I, I really like the boldness of what, um, of what Moses was asking God. He was uh, speaking in boldness, and uh, he was like saying, you know, yeah, let me see. Let me see um, how great and glorif- how great you are in, um, in your glory. Let me see you in your full glory. And that was a, a really ballsy thing to ask of him. And, okay, I don't want to say ballsy. A really bold thing to ask of them. And um, I think we can take example from that as well. I think in our prayers, sometimes we're limited to asking for very small things or very... Um, or things... I don't want to say small things because they're big to, uh, it could be big to us. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, they're not, it's not really that big, but it might be a local thing. I'm not saying that that's small at all, but we, we kind of try to limit God's ability in our prayers. We don't ask for um, the greatest things. Sometimes we'll, we try to um, say, oh, you know, if you could do this, that would be great. Like, God, if uh, you can answer this prayer, I'll be satisfied. Why not be satisfied with God answering all your prayers and and abundance and you know more than that? You could um yeah man we could we could be praying for like world peace we can be praying for like you know I don't want to sound too cliche and stuff like that but you know just love um just the world being changed the world being you know glorified 
the world changing to, to better glorify God, stuff like that, you know? We can pray for those type of things instead of um, just praying for... Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, all prayer is important, but I'm just trying to say that there, we, could, we could be praying for greater things. We can be praying for greater things, and we can't just limit God in our prayers, but we can't have these blockers in our mind and think God's not going to answer that prayer. You know, just ask, ask in boldness, and who knows, you know, if it's in God's, God's will or if it's in alliance with what God has in store for you. It very well might, very well, very well might be answered. That prayer very well might be answered, and yeah, I think like just like Moses, I think we should be we should pray in boldness. That's what I'm trying to say. We should pray in absolute boldness. We should pray with the with the belief that God's gonna really answer the impossible. Just like Moses was asking God, you know, show me the impossible, show me, show me you, show me your face. Yeah, and yeah, it says and then we the the, the scripture closes when my glory passes by you, I'll put you in a, in, a, in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I, re- then I will remove my hand and you will see my back with my face must not, not be seen. So God at the end does give a little bone to, to Moses. He doesn't show him his full glory. He doesn't show him his face, but he does give him consolation by you know, showing him his back. And we, we know just this back was an insane, something insane, because the scripture says that when Moses came down, his face was uh, literally glowing. It must have been, yeah, it must have been like really crazy. It must have been like he had the worst sunburn, just, I don't know. It must have been something crazy to see. You see someone's face and it's so bright that you have to like look away. That's what Moses looked like just from seeing the back of God. So imagine if uh, Moses saw God's full glory. So yeah, that's the, yeah. Thanks be to God, that's the word of the Lord for today. So let's pray. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, um, we just um, ask you to just watch over us, Lord. Thank you for giving us um, just health. Thank you for giving us uh, stability in our work. Thank you for watching over us, Lord. Thank you for giving us mercy. And thank you for uh, just giving us just, uh, just, uh, just this breath that we're breathing, Lord. We just ask that you watch over us during this coming week and that you um, watch over everything that we do and you watch over us in health as well. We pray all these things in your name. In Jesus' name we pray.